The Tooth Thrall When Harold was seven months old, he cut his first tooth. Then his father said, All the young lads, all the young of my herds, lambs and calves and colts, that have been born since this baby was born, I this day give to him. I also give to him this thrall, Olaf. These are my tooth gifts to my son. The boy grew fast, for as soon as he could walk about, he was out of doors most of the time. He ran in the woods and climbed the hills and waded in the creek. He was much with his tooth thrall, for the kings had said to Olaf, Be ever at his call. Now this Olaf was full of stories, and Harald liked to hear them. Come out to Iger's Rock, Olaf, and tell me stories, he said almost every day. So they, char so they started off across the hills. The man wore a long, loose coat of, wife wo of white wool. The man wore a long, loose coat of white wool, belted at the waist with a strap. He had on coarse shoes and leather leggings. Around his neck was an iron collar welded together so that it could not come off. On it were strange marks, called runes, that said, Olaf Thrall of, Ho of Hofdan. But Harold's clothes were gay. A cape of grey velvet hung from his so shoulders. A cape of grey velvet hung from his shoulders. A cape of grey velvet hung from his shoulders. It was fastened over his breast with great gold buckles. When it waved in the wind, a scarlet lining flashed out, and the bottom of a little scarlet jacket showed. His feet and legs were covered with grey woolen tights. His feet and legs were covered with grey woolen tights. Gold lacings wound round his legs from his shoes to his knees. A band of gold held down his long yellow hair. It was a wild country that these two were walking over. They were climbing steep, rough hills. Some of them seemed made all of rock, with a little earth lying in spots. Great rocks hung out from them, with trees growing in their cracks. Some big pieces had broken off and rolled down the hill. Thor broke them, Olaf said. He rides through the sky and hurls his hammer at clouds and at mountains. That makes the thunder and the lightning and cracks the hills. His hammer never misses its aim, and it always comes back to his hand and is eager to go again. When they reached the top of the hill, they looked back. Far below was a soft green valley. In front of it, the sea came up into the land and made a fort, a fjord. In front of it, the sea came up into the land and made a fjord. On each side of the fjord, high walls of rock stood up and made the water black with shadow. All around the valley were high hills with dark pines on them. Far off were the mountains. In the valley were Hofdan's houses around their square yard. How little our houses look down there, Harold said. But I can almost... Yes, I can see the red dragon on the roof of the feast hall. Do you remember when I climbed up and sat on his head, Olaf? He laughed and kicked his heels and ran on. At last they came to Iger's rock and walked up on its flat top. Harold went to the edge and looked over. A ragged wall of rock reached down and two hundred feet below was the black water of the fjord. Olaf watched him for a while, then he said, No whitening of your cheek, Harold. Good. A boy that can face the fall of Iger's rock will not be afraid to face the war flash when he is a man. Ho, oh, I am not afraid of the war flash now, cried Harold. He threw back his cape and drew a little dagger from his belt. See, he cried, does this not flash like a sword? And I am not afraid. But after all, this is a baby thing. When I am eight years old, I will have a sword, a sharp tooth of war. He swung his dagger as though it were a long sword. Then he ran and sat on a rock by Olaf. "'Why is this Iger's rock?' he asked. "'You know that Asgard is up in the sky?' Olaf said. "'It is a wonderful city where the golden houses of the gods are in the golden grove. 
A high wall runs all around it. In the house of Odin, the All-Father, there is a great feast hall larger than the whole earth. Its name is Valhalla. It has five hundred doors. The rafters are spears. The roof is thatched with shields. Armor lies on the benches. In the high seats... In the high seat sits Odin, a golden helmet on his head, a spear in his hand. Two wolves lie at his feet. At his right hand and his life... At his right hand and his left sit all the gods and goddesses, and around the hall sit thousands and thousands of men, all the brave ones that have ever died. Now it is good to be in Valhalla. Now it is good to be in Valhalla, for there is mead there better than men can brew, and it never runs out. And there are skalds that sing wonderful songs that men never heard. And before the doors of Valhalla is a great meadow where the warriors fight every day and get glorious and sweet wounds and give many. And all night they feast and their wounds heal, but none may go to Valhalla except warriors that have died bravely in battle. Men who die from sickness go with women and children and cowards to Niflheim. There Hela, who is queen, always sneers at them and a terrible cold takes hold of their bones and they sit down and freeze. Years ago, Eger was a great warrior. Years ago, Eger... Years ago, Eger was a great warrior. Eger the Big-Handed, they called him. In many a battle his sword had sung, and he had sent many warriors to Valhalla. Many swords had bit into his flesh and left marks there, but never one had struck him to death. So his hair grew white and his arms thin. There was peace in that country then, and Eger sorrowed, saying, I am old. Battles are still. Must I die in bed like a woman? Shall I not see Valhalla? Now thus did Odin say long ago, If a man is old and has come near death and cannot die in fight, let him find death in some brave way, and he shall feast with me in Valhalla. So one day Eger came to this rock. A deed to win Valhalla, he cried. Then he drew his sword and flashed it over his head and held his shield high above him and leaped out into the air and died in the water of the fjord. Ho! cried Harold, jumping to his feet. I think that Odin stood up before his high seat and welcomed that man gladly when he walked through the door of Valhalla. So the songs say, replied Olaf, for skalds still sing of that deed all over Norway. Olaf's Farm At another time, Harald asked, What is your country, Olaf? Have you always been a thrall? The thrall's eyes flashed. When you are a man, he said, and go a viking to Denmark. Ask men whether they ever heard of Olaf the Crafty. There, far off, is my country across the water. My father was Gudbrand the Big. Two hundred warriors feasted in his hall and followed him to battle. Ten sons sat at meat with him, and I was the youngest. One day, he said, you are all grown to be men. There is not elbow room here for so many chiefs. The eldest of you shall have my farm when I die, the rest of you off a viking." He had three ships. These he gave to three of my brothers, but I stayed that spring and built me a boat. I made her for only twenty oars, because I thought few men would follow me, for I was young, fifteen years old. I made her in the likeness of a dragon. At the prow I carved the head with open mouth and forked tongue thrust out. I painted the eyes red for anger. There, stand so, I said, and glare and hiss at my foes. In the stern, I curved the tail up almost as high as the head. There I put the pilot seat and a strong tiller for the rudder. 
On the breast and sides, I carved the dragon's scales. Then I painted it all black, and on the tip of every scale, I put gold. I called her Wave Runner. There she sat on the rollers, as fair as a ship as I ever saw. The night that it was finished, I went to my father's feast. After the meats were eaten and the mead horns came round, I stood up from my bench and I raised my drinking horn high and spoke with great voice. This is my vow. I will sail to Norway and I will harry the coast and fill my boat with riches. Then I will get me a farm and will winter in that land. Now who will follow me? He is but a boy, the men said. He has opened his mouth wider than he can do. But others jumped to their feet with their meat horns in their hands. Thirty men, one after another, raised their horns and said, I will follow this lad, and I will not turn back so long as he and I live. On the next morning he got into my dragon and started. On the next morning we got into my dragon and started. I sat high in the pilot seat. As our boat flashed down the rollers into the water, I made this song and sang it. The dragon runs. Where will she steer? Where swords will sing, where spears will bite, where I shall laugh. So we harried the coast of Norway. We ate at many men's tables uninvited. Many men we found overburdened with gold. Then I said, my dragon's belly is never full. And on board went the gold. Oh, it is better to live on the sea and let other men raise your crops and cook your meals. A house smells of smoke, a ship smells of frolic. From a house you see a sooty roof, from a ship you see Valhalla. Up and down the water we went to get much wealth and much frolic. After a while, my men said, What of the farm, Olaf? Not yet, I answered. Viking is better for summer. When the ice comes and our dragon cannot play, then we will get our farm and sit down. At last the winter came, and I said to my men, Now for the farm. I have my eye on one up the coast away in King Halden's country. So we set off for it. We landed late at night and pulled our boar up on... We landed late at night and pulled our boat up on shore and walked quietly to the house. It was rather a wealthy farm, for there were stables and a storehouse and a smithy at the sides of the house. There was but one door to the house. We went to it, and I struck it with my spear. Hello! Ho! Hello! I shouted, and my men made a great din. At last someone from the inside said, Who calls? I call, I answered. Open, or you will think it Thor who calls and I struck my shield against the door so that it made a great clanging. The door opened only a little, but I pushed it wide and leaped into the room. It was so dark that I could see nothing but a few sparks on the hearth. I stood with my back to the wall, for I wanted no sword reaching out of the dark for me. Now start up the fire, I said. Come, come, I called when no one obeyed. A fire! This is cold welcome for your guests. My men laughed. Yes, a stingy... Yes, a stingy host. He acts as though he had not expected us. But now the farmer was blowing on the coals and putting on fresh wood. Soon it blazed up and we could see about us. We were in a little feast hall with its fires down the middle of it. There were benches for twenty men along each side. The farmer crouched by the fire, afraid to move. On a bench in a far corner were a dozen people huddled together. Ho, oh, thralls, I called to them. Bring in the table. We are hungry. Off they ran through a door at the back of the hall. My men came in and lay down by the fire and warmed themselves, but I set two of them as guards at the door. Well, friend farmer, laughed one, why such a long face? Do you not think we shall be merry company? We came only to cheer you, said another. What man wants to spend the winter with no guests? Ah, another then cried out, sitting up. 
Here comes something that will be a welcome guest to my stomach. The thralls were bringing in a great pot of meat. They set up a crane over the fire and hung the pot upon it, and we sat and watched it boil while we choked. At last the summer began. At last the supper began. The farmer sat gloomily on the bench and would not eat, and you cannot wonder, for he saw us putting potfuls of his good beef and basket loads of bread into our big mouths. When the tables were taken out and the bread... When the tables were taken out and the meat horns came round, I stood up and raised my horn and said to the farmer, You would not eat with us. You cannot say no to half of my ale. I drink this to your health. Then I drank half of the hornful and sent the rest across the fire to the farmer. He took it and smiled, saying, Since it is to my health, I will drink it. I thought that all the night's work would be my death. Oh, do not fear that, I laughed, for a dead man sets no tables. So we drank and all grew merrier. At last I stood up and said, I like this little taste of your hospitality, friend farmer. I have decided to accept more of it. My men roared with laughter. Come, they cried. Thank him for that, farmer. Did you ever have such a lordly guest before? I went on. Now there is no fun in having guests unless they keep you company and make you merry. So I will give out this law that my men shall never leave you alone. Hickon. Hakon, there shall be your constant companion, farmer friend. Hakon, there shall be your constant companion, friend farmer. He shall not leave you day or night, whether you are working or playing or sleeping. Leaf and Grim shall be the same kind of friends to your two sons. I named nine others and said, And these shall follow your thralls in the same way. Now, am I not careful to make your time go merrily? So I set guards over everyone in that house. Not once all that winter did they stir out of sight of some of us. So no tales got out to the neighbors. Besides, it was a lonely place, and by good luck, no one came that way. Oh, that was fat and easy living. Well, after we had been there for a long time, Hakon came in to the feast one night and said, I heard a cuckoo today. It is the call to go a Viking, I said. All my men put their hands to their mouths and shouted. Their eyes danced. Big Thorleaf stood up and stretched himself. I am stiff with long sitting, he said. I itch for a fight. I turned to the farmer. This is our last feast with you, I said. Well, he laughed. This has been the busiest winter I ever spent and the merriest. May good luck be with you. By the beard of Odin, I cried. You have taken our joke like a man. My men pounded the table with their fists. By the hammer of Thor, shouted Grim. Here is no stingy coward. He is a man fit to carry my drinking horn, the horn of a sea rover and a sword swinger. Here, friend, take it. And he thrust it into the farmer's hand. May you drink heart's ease from it for many years. And with it I leave you a name, Sif the Friendly. I shall hope to drink with you sometime in Valhalla. Then all my men poured around that farmer and clapped him on the shoulder and piled things upon him, saying, Here is a ring for Sif the Friendly, and here is a bracelet. A sword would not be ashamed to hang at your side. I took five great bracelets of gold from our treasure chest and gave them to him. The old man's eyes opened wide at all these things, and at the same time he laughed. May Odin send me such guests every winter, he said. Early next morning, we shook our hands with our host and boarded the wave runner and sailed off. Where shall we go? Mayaman asked. Let the gods decide, I said, and tossed up my spear. 
When it fell on the deck, it pointed up shore, so I steered in that direction. This is the best way to decide. This is the best way to decide if the spear will always point somewhere, and one thing is as good as another. That time it pointed us into your father's ships. They closed in battle with us and killed my men and sunk my ship and dragged me off a prisoner. They were three against one, or they might have tasted something more bitter at our hands. They took me before King Hofdan. Here, they said, here is a rascal who has been harrying our coasts. We sunk his ship and men, but him we brought to you. A robber Viking, said the king, and scowled at me. I threw back my head and laughed. Yes, and with all your fingers it took you a year to catch me. The king frowned more angrily. Saucy, too, he said. Well, thieves must die. Take him out, Thorkel, and let him taste your sword. Your mother, the queen, was standing by. Now she put her hand on his arm and smiled and said, He is only a lad. Let him live. And would he not be a good gift for our baby? Your father thought a moment, then looked at your mother and smiled. Soft heart, he said gently to her. Then to Thorkel. Well, let him go, Thorkel. Then he turned to me again, frowning. But, young, sharp tongue, now that we have caught you, we will put you into a trap that you cannot get out of. Weld an iron collar on his neck. So I lived, and now I'm your tooth thrall. Well, it is the luck of war, but by the chair of Odin, I kept my vow. Yes, cried Harold, jumping to his feet, and had a joke into the bargain. Ah, sometime I will make a brave vow like that. <laughs>